Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Good afternoon and welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas. Your other host, James Salinas, is live from Denver, Colorado. Uh, James, we've got the Red Sox uh, and the Yankees. The Red Sox on the road. Uh, Yankees minus 107 at home. 10 is the total fresh off the all-star break. Uh, the Yankees are going to have to get it together, make a run here. A chance to close that gap with Red Sox leading that division currently. It's going to be Domingo Herman is who I see listed as the starting pitcher for the Yankees. Didn't see it earlier, so obviously they looks like that's where the the Yankees are going to go with this route here. And Herman has not been very good in Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. and it really regressed. He's got a his ERA sitting at five in eight starts there in in New York, and then uh, the whole sticky substance stuff too. Who knows? Uh, no, another question mark here, Pritch. <laughs> but I definitely saw a regression from what he did early in the season, in particular in May, where his ERA. Was was sitting at 240 mm-hmm. in the month of May, and then you go back and look at what he did in the month of June, and uh, yeah, uh, tri- almost tri- basically tripled that, sitting at two at his ERA at in the month of June uh, when the crackdown started. There, sitting at seven and a quarter. So just interesting to think about and note here, and has not gone deep into games 
in since June. He hasn't gone more than five innings in what his last eight, once out of his last eight starts here. So not a pitcher I want to back. Okay. I have faded a few times. Herman at home, but in this case here, I'm gonna taking a break from betting anything, Pritch. So I'm not gonna get involved for one day. This is the only game on the board. I'm gonna stick. Away. I'm gonna stay away from this. Game. Yes, one game is right after the break. Um, even though it, you know the Yankees are up against this, here's a chance, a golden opportunity, really to close that gap, uh, being down eight games. Uh, from the Red Sox, but I'm trying to find some identifiable angles here to bet. Like even a total, the under minus 120. Uh, if there's some rust or if they're not hitting the ball or, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, minus 120 for that under the total of 10. I think with the total, if, if anything, I'd be looking to bet against Herman, not only because he's really struggled his last eight starts, but I think, too, that, you know, both teams are can hit the baseball. I love the approach that we've seen so far to the Red Sox to to hit the ball all over the yard and work good counts and, and not be afraid to to hit balls on the outside part of the plate and have to pull it. They'll mm -hmm. slap it the other way. But, you know, I think Yankees right now, yeah, they have the opportunity, but they have, they've had six other opportunities against the, the Red Sox so far this year and haven't closed the door. So they're looking for their first win against Boston. I think that's the struggle here is Boston, you know, that's very thinking about going in. You know, it's a rivalry. It's a great rivalry in baseball. And, it, you know, all the expectations year in and year out for the Yankees, they get everybody's best shot. And you're always going to get their best shot when it comes to Boston, New York. But Bo the Yankees get it from everybody. And, and these high expectations, kind of like what we talked about last hour with the Dodgers and getting the best efforts, the best at bats, the, the quality pitches, each and every pitch out there that really focus in and dial in against a team like whether it's the Dodgers or in this case here, the New York Yankees. Uh, Yankees right now just wears their mindset here. This is just not a team I really want to get involved with and back in any capacity. It's, if anything, it's going to continue to be bet against or stay away. And we saw how they closed out the the first half of the season with the uh, the walk off to their to their friendly rival, I guess we can call it that, or their rival, Houston Astros, mm -hmm. and Jose Altuve of all players that took him deep and uh, was shirtless after the fact. That was. Kind of interesting to see how that played out. I just don't like where the mindset I is gotcha. with the Yankees, and it's it's a team that's not built well, and uh, it's uh, it's built to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Don't string hits together. If I was going to bet this game, it'd be Red Sox. Well, the surprises are gone too. I mean, the Red Sox updated win total is ninety one and a half uh, here, uh, and eighty seven and a half for uh, win totals for the Yankees. <laughs> Look at the Yankees. <laughs> now the expectations have really fallen off, and they're playing like it. They're not mm -hmm. playing. There's a reason why they're sitting fourth in that division. It's a, whether they can string, put some runs on the board, then the bullpen can't hold it. I don't like the the. The, just from top to bottom outside of Garrett Cole, and there's some sticky substance issues there too, potentially. But I, I just think this rotation isn't, it's not a deep rotation. We know that it's right. not a team with any kind of speed. And then their approach at the plate is all or nothing approach. That doesn't play out very well over 162 games. And we've seen that throughout this first half prior to the All-Star break. Yeah, we'll see how the Red Sox can handle the second half. Uh, as a front runner, uh, again, the surprises are gone out of the bag here. Yankees um, 107 at home. Uh, that total is 10, uh, juiced up to the under, minus 120 uh, to the under in that game. First game back after the All-Star break, too, so be careful uh, betting Major League Baseball here today. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host from Las Vegas, your other host today, James Salinas, out there in Denver, Colorado. Happy to have on the program Ben Brown, betting analyst for Pro Football Focus. Ben, how are you? 
I'm doing pretty well. I mean, life is good, right? We are less than a week away from Pittsburgh and uh, the Cowboys basically reporting to camp two weeks out from training camp for all the other teams kicking off. So, I mean, what more could you want? I think NFL and college football season is basically right around the corner at this point. It is. I mean, from a betting standpoint, and for me as a casual better, uh, Ben, I'm like so intrigued and looking forward <laughs> to uh, the football season. Let's start with Baker Mayfield because uh, we have the same agent, full disclosure. My agent is his agent. Uh, and so, you know, he's got the contract situation. I don't think it's going to interfere uh, with Baker. Baker's got a different kind of mindset. He doesn't mind uh, proving himself. And even though he's solidified at quarterback uh, to live up to a contract extension, I, I think uh, the Browns fans or the Browns faithful want a little bit more from Baker. But he's got 39, 50 and a half passing yards, minus 115. What kind of season do you anticipate for Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I mean, I'm really on board with the over at this point in time, right? I like the Browns in general. I do think they're probably just a little bit elevated in, uh, you know, the team futures market at this point in time. But I do think there are some other ways that you can play some of their successful outcomes. I think the narrative is kind of going to be, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They're going to be a run heavy run heavy focus team kind of like they were last year, but I see a little bit of a pivot happening. I know Kevin Stefanski taking over in the second year, um, you know, no kind of, probably going to establish a little bit more of a blueprint on his offensive outlook. I do think they're going to be passing a little bit more on first and second down and Baker Mayfield sitting down here basically as like the 17th highest passing yards prop at this point in time. I do think that he's probably going to finish in the top 10 for passing yards. So I do really like him going over this 3,950.5 uh, passing yards prop total that we have on DraftKings. Ben, let's talk about this. Looking at the p passing yards going over, it looks like you also like Daniel Jones with the Giants. I want to get your assessment of a couple things with the New York Giants in relation to the passing game and Daniel Jones. First, your assessment of the offensive line. So it's a lot of question marks up front for the New York Giants on the offensive front line. And, and then any reservations? How do you feel about the offensive coordinator there with Jason Garrett? We've seen this story before. How do you think this plays out now with another year with Garrett as the coordinator and Daniel Jones under center for the New York Giants. Yeah, I mean, they put a lot of the they put a lot of their focus and resources into those skill position players, right? So they made, went out and made the flashy uh, wide receiver signing with Kenny Galladay, drafted Kadarius Tony. So they're trying to kind of establish this idea of if they can win downfield, right? It's something that we didn't see last year from Daniel Jones whatsoever. He was basically uh, dead last in the percentage of throws that would pass the sticks on any pass attempt at this point in time. So I think what they really want to do is win on the outside. That's something that Kenny Galladay can do even without separation. He's obviously this high contested catch guy. I think he's sixth overall in our contested catch rate uh, over the last four seasons that he's been in the NFL. So he's a guy that can win on the outside without really getting a lot of separation, without really getting a lot of time. And I think they're going to need to hit on some of those quicker passing attacks. Like you said, the real question mark is going to come down to Jason Garrett, right? Can he... Uh, can he kind of exceed expectations from a play calling standpoint? Can they kind of outperform, um, you know, this expected added points value that they kind of need to get over in order to be like, you know, a top 15, top 10 offense. If they can do that with Saquon Barkley back in the fold, I do think that we're going to see Daniel Jones easily get over this 3,800 uh, passing yards prop number. I do think we might see a little bit lower average depth of targets to Saquon Barkley, some deep shots to Kenny Galladay and then whatever they can get from Kadarius Tony, they do have decent, you know, receivers outside of them, Sterling Shepard as well. So I do think they have a lot of playmakers in the mix. I do think that just playing in the NFC East in, in general, I think that's a 
you know, basically outside of Washington, no real good defensive units. Cowboys really bad. Eagles really bad as well. So I think we could see some shootout games. If you get four of those games, 17 game schedule, I do think Daniel Jones could easily get over this number as well. But there is this idea of, you know, how the 17 game schedule is probably going to play into some of these season long player props as well. How I'm playing it. I'm targeting more of the, you know, quarterback overs, maybe some running back unders just from the fact that we could see a little bit more injury at that position as well. So that's just like the overarching narrative that I'm kind of buying into at this point in time. We're speaking with Ben Brown, betting analyst, pro football focus. Uh, uh, Ben, I'm so curious about your thoughts on this next team, the home team out here in Las Vegas, uh, because I feel like the Raiders are all in uh, with Derek Carr, all in with Coach Gruden this year, going into year four. Uh, right. And, and so the problems are on the defensive side of the ball. We know that. But there's been some changeover on the offensive side of the ball too. offensive line, wide receivers, running backs. So uh, when it comes to Derek Carr, over 25 and a half passing touchdowns, minus 115. I can see that, too. But assess the Las Vegas Raiders. What kind of season are they going to have? Yeah, I mean, honestly, with all of our simulations, all of our like betting models heading into the 2021 season are much higher on the Las Vegas Raiders than what the current betting market expectation is. We like them, you know, better odds to win the division, get over their win total at seven games. So I expect them to be a really good team. I do think in the AFC West in general, there's this idea or mentality that the Denver Broncos are going to somehow upgrade this quarterback position, right? So we've seen that kind of baked into a lot of their numbers in both their division odds, Super Bowl odds, conference championship odds. Obviously, at this point in time, that's a really low likely scenario probability at this point in time. So I think you can look at that in one of two ways, right? You can say, well, the other teams in that division are obviously going to be much more beneficial from that perspective if the Broncos are really bad at the quarterback position, which is how they're looking at this point in time. And in saying that, we also don't really like the Chargers that much. I think Justin Herbert was uh, you know, successful in what we would define as some really unstable metrics at the NFL level. He had you know, really high passer rating in pressure situations that doesn't necessarily that tends to kind of regress back to the mean in the next year so i think that the chargers could potentially take a step back i don't think the broncos are going to be as good as what the betting market expects at this point in time or at least has priced in and in saying that i think you know the raiders have been the team that are going to be a little bit underrated at this point in time they definitely seem so according to our simulation they're going to have fans in the stands for the first time in las vegas i think they're going to have a hyped crowd um i like their skill position receivers i wasn't much of a nelson aguilar fan i do think john brown was kind of an upgrade over him at the wide receiver position so then it kind of comes down to well, what can they get from those year two receivers right they got brian edwards they got henry ruggs both probably a little bit disappointment. Definitely Henry Ruggs would be a disappointment in year one. But if he could turn into something more than a decoy, uh, they have the rest of the pieces in place for this offense to be, uh, you know, probably a top 10, top eight, even uh, passing unit at this point in time. If they get to that level, uh, we're going to see them eclipse their win total number. And we're going to see Derek Carr get over this passing, tar- passing touchdown number as well. Ben, so let's shift from the AFC West to the NFC West. And to me, this is the most competitive division, top to bottom, in the NFL. And thinking about the Seattle Seahawks, and we heard in the offseason when it comes to Russell Wilson and finding his voice saying, hey, I'm tired of running for my life and getting hit constantly throughout my entire career. And now they've made a change at the offensive coordinator position with St. Walden coming over from, from the Rams. I'm curious, what do you expect out of the offense from Seattle this year, and what kind of play did you make on Russell Wilson and his touchdown total going into 2021? Yep. Yeah. That was a great segue leading into it. Cause I do think Shane Walden's kind of going to remake uh, the expectation for this offense 
offense, right? I mean, we basically saw Russell Wilson hold on to the ball uh, as long as any other quarterback in the NFL outside of Lamar Jackson. I think his average time to throw was over three seconds. Uh, it's like the first time we've seen that outside of Lamar Jackson in quite some time from our PFF data. So I think we're going to see a much quicker, lower average depth of target pass and attack. That's what the Rams incorporated. Uh, that's what Shane Waldron knows. That's what Sean McVay has obviously practiced, uh, you know, throughout his whole successful tenure as an NFL offensive coordinator and as a head coach. So I think we're going to see uh, much shorter time to throw passes much more methodical offense. I do think they're going to rely a little bit more on Chris Carson again, like they did last year. I do think we're going to see Pete Carroll probably have just a little bit more influence on the offense than what we saw last year with Brian Schottemeyer. So I think from that perspective, we're going to lean toward a more run heavy, shorter average depth to target offense. I think that um, is conducive to Russell Wilson, probably going under his passing, to passing touchdown number. And again, like you touched on, uh, Toughest division of football by a long stretch. Really good defense. I think they might even have uh, the two best defenses in the NFL at this point in time. They had to play both those guys, you know, four games total out of there as well. So I think if we see a little bit more of a run heavy approach like we saw at the latter half of last year, uh, Russell Wilson's going to probably fall well short of this number. And who knows? I think, you know, in general, there could be some bumps in the road for them installing a new offense with Shane Waldron as well. So. I'm not too uh, high on Russell Wilson uh, hitting, you know, basically what he did last year at this point in time. You know, Ben, that's interesting with that division, betting that division, because we think about the firepower and the quarterbacks. Uh, but yep. we might have to think and consider the running attacks. So San Francisco stands out immediately. Um, you think McVay, even with Stafford, would still want to run the football out there with the Rams. But what about Kyler Murray and and the Cardinals? I mean, what, what kind of situation do you see there? What do we do with the Cardinals this year from a betting standpoint? Yeah, I mean, they are a really difficult team to evaluate, right? I mean, yeah. I'm not really a big Cliff Kingsbury fan in general. He isn't necessarily showing um, – he made a pretty significant jump from coming out of Texas Tech to being the head coach at Arizona. He hasn't necessarily shown uh, that it was justified for him to be hired and take that additional step like he did at this point in time. He's obviously not really the offensive wonderkin that uh, we've seen from, like, Sean McVay and a couple other people at this point. So I think from that perspective, I'm a little bit lower on Arizona, but I think the betting market is in general. They don't really have – you know, they have DeAndre Hopkins. They don't really have – a really solid number two outside of that. Of course, they signed AJ Green in the offseason. It depends on how much he has left. But Christian Kirk's never really emerged as that number two receiver as we expected, or at least consistently emerged. So I'm not too high on them in general. Chase Edmonds running back, you know, James Conner, neither of those guys are really all that explosive as well. So it's going to really come down to Kyle Murray's going to have to shoulder a lot of the workload for that offensive unit that. Cliff Kingsbury is not really putting him into, you know, great positions at this point in time. So I think they could probably flounder a little bit, especially against some of those tough defenses that they have in the NFC West. Thinking about the, just how NFL is in this modern age, it's built for the passing game. The rules are built in favor of the passing game. And I think now when we're talking about, let's move on to the AFC and think about Jacksonville. Got the number one pick when it comes to throwing the football in the draft, right, at the quarterback position, but also went offense in the first round as well beyond beyond Trevor going with Travis Etienne in the backfield. Now, in the backfield last year, great story when it came to James Robinson, undrafted free agent. What a gamer. He was one of the best, probably one of the only highlights from the Jacksonville Jaguars mm -hmm. last year. But now thinking about James Robinson and his role in the Jacksonville Jaguars offense going into 2021, what do you anticipate from Robinson and is he going to lose a number of carries and touches out there and opportunities to Travis Etienne? 
Yeah, I mean, they drafted Travis Etienne for a reason, right? He is kind of, you know, tra Trevor Lawrence's like security blanket in some way or another. Um, James Robinson, obviously, like you said, really good, feel-good story. Undrafted rookie, basically every team had an opportunity to either draft him or sign him as a free agent running back. Uh, but he's still, you know, he's just kind of a guy at the NFL level, right? He wasn't overly explosive. He did show some things. Obviously, he probably should have been drafted, but uh, they took ETN for a reason. I'm not really buying into the Urban Meyer coach speak that uh, Travis Etienne is going to be relegated to third down, and this is still James Robinson backfield. I think this price has a lot of that narrative still built in. I do think Travis Etienne um, is a three down back coming right out of college. I do think he is going to be, you know, on that Najee Harris level for, you know, a dominant three down back in his rookie season. And I think we're going to see James Robinson, you know, really feel good story in 2020, probably not get too much playing time at this point in time. We make this number probably close to like 480.5 rushing yards for James Robinson. So I do think you're getting quite a bit of going under of course with running backs as well. There is that heightened injury risk that could come into effect on both sides, right? If ETN gets hurt, of course, James Robinson is going to go well over this number, but if he, you know, if something else happens, uh, we could see him, you know, probably not get it anywhere close to the amount of carries that we're expecting at this point in time. So I like James Robinson under 670.5 rushing yards. I think, I think that it's mainly just this narrative of urban Meyer, right? He's come out. He said, James Robinson, wink, wink is going to be my guy, but he said a lot of those things. I do think he kind of likes to play both sides of the equation. And then when, I, when it really comes down to it, uh, we're going to see why they invested in Travis Etienne here to start the season. Speaking with Ben Brown, betting analyst, pro football focus, follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Ben Brown. Uh, we saved the best position for last, Ben. Uh, wide receivers <laughs> here. Uh, so Galladay, uh, I love I love these selections here, courtesy of DraftKings, certainly. Uh, over 1,000 and a half receiving yards is minus 120. You like that situation. Tyreek Hill, over 1,350 and a half receiving yards, plus 100. So an indicator on what to expect from that extra regular season game, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think at this point in time, uh, the reason that Kenny Galladay is so low is because he got injured last year. Of course, he has a little bit of this injury concern tagged with him. He also has the fact that he switched to a new team. But I think, you know, in saying this, this is kind of correlated with that Daniel Jones play, of course. Uh, but Kenny Galladay is that downfield receiving threat that Daniel Jones absolutely needs. He's going to be the 1A alpha guy in this passing attack. And I think he's going to easily eclipse this number, um, you know, if he stays healthy for even 15 games at this point in time. He in 2019, I think he was at like 1,215 yards in 15 games as well. So I think that's just reflective of the kind of talent that he has. I do think after this year, uh, he's going to re-enter some of these discussions as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Um, I think it's going to be a really good year for him. And then, you know, Tyreek Hill as well. Um, you know, Kansas City kind of lost that two that number two wide receiver, Sammy Watkins drifted over. People think Mikel Hardman might be that guy, Brian Pringle, Demarcus Robinson. Uh, but I think it's just going to heighten a lot of focus and targets on both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. It's going to be that show again. And I do think that that Kansas City Chiefs offense, uh, you know, with more time to throw better offensive line, of course, that's something that they invested in the all offseason. I think that it's going to open up things downfield for Ty Tyreek Hill. So as long as he stays healthy at that plus 100 price, I do think that that is one of the best bets on the board at this point in time. All right. Sounds good to me right there as well. Ben Brown, pro football focus betting analyst uh, right there. Again, follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Ben Brown. Ben, that was awesome. 
Yep. Thank you, guys. Have a great show. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for your time today. That was great. Uh, I love talking football that way, James. And uh, as we get closer and closer to the season from a betting perspective, it uh, just heightens that awareness for me. I mean, I don't know where you are. I mean, I know the contest is uh, you got to get registered up and signed up for that. Not only the contest, I think just the plethora of things that we can bet on when it comes to the NFL. We're talking season win totals all the time, futures, <laughs> etc. You can also bet on player props for the in, in, the entirety of a season, too. Gotta yeah, love it. Absolutely. Do love it, for sure. Uh, gonna love this, too, because when we come back on the program, we got some streaks, hot pitchers and cold pitchers. Are those streaks, uh, streaks that we can bet on? We'll discuss. It's coming up next. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host, live from Las Vegas. Your other host, live from Denver, James Salinas. Uh, James, uh, pitching is better than hitting. Uh, we've clarified that. You have, for me, for sure. Uh, we got some pretty hot pitching going on right now. For instance, uh, Chris Bassett, the A's in the last 17 starts, 14-3 uh, and three, uh, right there. Um, that's crazy. That is phenomenal in terms of a hot pitcher, right? I mean, is that bettable? Is that something you'll look to in terms of betting uh, when it comes to Bassett in that situation with the A's? You bet the pitcher, you bet the team as well. So okay. thinking about where the team, where are the A's right now in contention, as always in the American League West. So this is a team that is going to be playing out for the second half of this season post-All-Star break, competing to get into the playoffs and competing against the Astros. Right now, as it stands, it's just the two-team race in the American League West. So yeah, absolutely. And then you think about where he pitches. We know the A's can hit the baseball over the fence. They can put runs on the board uh, and, and play with a lot of confidence. It's always a team that's very good. Galvanized just based on the the talent on that roster and the payroll on that roster, I should say, and I think that always motivates that team. But then he pitches in a, a very pitcher friendly ballpark there in, in in Oakland Alameda Coliseum. So I think here with the with the A's and how well he is pitched, mm-hmm. it's complimentary to not only because he's pitched very well, he has the ballpark there at home with a sitting with a 2.55 ERA in Oakland, but also you got a team that will give you some run support as well. So yeah, that's one pitcher and one team that I'll continue to back in the second half of the season. Okay, yep. Josh Towers, who's frequently on the network, uh, former Major League Baseball pitcher, uh, he was high on Dylan Cease at the beginning of the year. The White Sox 11-4 in the last 15 starts right there. And I think for him is that not only for him, he doesn't have the pressure of being a top starter. He's really the fourth starter on that rotation. So he can come in there and you're talking about a really weak division in the American League Central. And also the fact that that think about that. We talk about you always need run support and see the young pitcher. He's going to need young run. You know, he's going to need some runs uh, to back him as well. He doesn't need to go out there and pitch shutouts because eventually that roster will start to get healthy when it comes to that lineup. We'll get Grandal will get back here at some point here at the end of the month or first part of August, as well as a couple reinforcements in the outfield with some speed with Jimenez and Robert coming back. So they'll be back into the as we get through the grind and basically the dog days of August <laughs> as it continues to grind in that week AL Central and you're going to get some speed and lineup back, some reinforcements back onto that team. That's only going to help Dylan Cease. No pressure yeah. on him as the fourth starter. I like it too. But again, it's not only betting on Cease, but it's also betting on the White Sox. And then the Giants to the Scalafani, uh, seven to one, last uh, eight starts right there. How about the Cubs streaks? Um, Alzale, the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs are, are a mess anyway. But zero uh, and five in the last five starts. I mean, uh, it, like you said, it's betting. Uh, I guess uh, not the streak here, but certainly the Cubs situation uh, this year with that team. Well, for Azale, he's a young pitcher. Well, yeah. not so much a young well, pitcher, but an ex- inexperienced pitcher, right? right? Prior to this year, he's had 15 starts this year. He had six starts prior in his career. So his arm, is it built to go and pitch? Is he going to get 30 starts this season? That's for him personally stretching that arm out. We start to see that fatigue for somebody that doesn't have He hasn't been there and done that before. <laughs> then you talked about the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're two weeks away approximately from the trade deadline. Now with the where the Cubs are at, 
two games under 500 and, and so many expiring contracts. I just feel like that's going to be a team that's selling <laughs> things off. So Al Zelay will get his opportunities, but are they going to score any runs for him? I mean, what's going to happen to that roster here? Yeah. What are we going to see on a Cubs roster here come August 1st? That's going to help Al Zelay out. I don't like it. Yeah, that'd be one pitcher, but more so one mm-hmm. team in particular that we start looking to fade and not just waiting for August prior to the, you know, post trade deadline. I think the opportunity is going to start here starting tomorrow and then yeah. over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Watch out for Gordon Gecko where pieces are, are worth more than a hole right there yep. with the Cubs. Uh, and then Brad Keller, uh, the Royals, you know, the Royals was one of those teams coming into this season. Uh, people were looking around and say, okay, wait a minute. Is, are, are they going to make some noise this year? 0-7 in the last seven starts. The pitching just hasn't been able to hold up. I think that collectively, at least at the across the plate, they've got some speed. They they work all parts of the field. They're difficult. It's a team that's difficult to to strike out, and they can work the walk. But I mean, for Keller, it's just it's been a struggle all season long. So this isn't something that that high expectations for a young fella coming out here, and, and really now the pressure on not having being able to met the expectations this year, coming back from injury and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation for Keller because I think they're, for this team in particular, not great high expectations. I think it was more so, if you look at a disappointment in that division, it's right. more so going to be the Twins than where the Royals are sitting right now. But but ultimately, in particular for Brad Keller yeah. uh, and the lack of run support, yeah, that's going right. to be a fade against for he and the Kansas City Royals. All forward. right, coming up on the program, the featured segment, wide receivers, performances. We can bet on that coming up next. <laughs> College football season is right around the corner, and that means the VSIN College Football Betting Guide is coming soon. Our experts look at the impact of the transfer portal, key games on the schedule, and early season trends to watch so you have a betting edge this football season. The guide is only $19.99, and discounts are available when you buy early. So now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VSEN All Access and get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vsen.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. James, a wide receiver position. I, I'm trying to understand why Justin Jefferson is not getting mentioned more. Uh, you think about the season that he had as a rookie, no offseason, no OTAs or anything, 88 receptions, 1,400 yards, uh, seven touchdowns. Uh, so the better bet on the board right now, Justin Jefferson plus 850 or Stephon Diggs plus 850 to have the most receiving yards for the season. Think for he's not getting a whole lot of mention because the Minnesota Vikings aren't getting a whole lot of mention. It's not a they were not a good football team last year, and they're playing in in a division that's clearly dominated by Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and then in the offseason 
the whole talk within that division in the NFC North is going to be where is Aaron Rodgers? When is he going to where is he going to play? Is he going to start week one, et cetera? But I agree. I think Jefferson, think about the structure of the offense, not only his talent, but the structure of this offense here. I don't love the offensive line there for Minnesota, but with Thielen on the other side, more the, the, the third down route runner kind of possession receiver, but has the ability with good hands to make plays and extending the uh, extending the field for Jefferson to be able to make some big plays down the field, not only through the play action because of the threat of the running game with Cook, but, you know, Cousins, they're going to sling the football there, and and I think they're going to give up points, so they're going to be plenty of opportunities to try to keep themselves in games. If you look at the schedule here, too, for, for Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings, if you look down the from top to bottom, start to finish week one through 17 here, they're only going to have second half of the season. They're only going to play ultimately two games when there's probably going to be cold weather late in the season when it's out in Chicago and out in Green Bay. Aside from that, not only playing in the Dome, but some of these other warmer weather stadiums that they're going to be playing in, like that's going to be conducive for the passing game too. I do. I agree. I think for Justin Jefferson, as opposed to Stephon Diggs, and I love yeah. Stephon Diggs, yeah. and he can catch, he can play in any weather, and we know it's freezing cold up there in Buffalo. But what what about that offense for the Bills? Now I don't know if we expected to see as many as much up tempo and and the empty sets that we saw from the Bills last year, and I think it really took a lot of teams off guard. Well, now you've got a full season to uh, to scout and look through film and and be able to adjust to that offense going forward. So what does that mean for Diggs? And now you've got Sanders coming in, and we know Sanders always needs his touches, so are they going to take some targets away from Diggs too? Yeah, between the two, Pritch, when we're talking about numbers. Yeah, give me Justin Jefferson there. I think he's going to have a tremendous season offensively for Minnesota. I mean, it looks that way. So from a better bet on the board, and this is for the league uh, receiving yards an entire year for the league, uh, Justin Jefferson, 88 uh, receptions, uh, 1,400 yards, 127 receptions for Diggs. That's going to go down, like you mentioned, with Emmanuel Sanders there on that squad as well. Not only with Emmanuel Sanders coming in, and we know he's uh, he's going to – talk about he's going to make sure he's getting his fair share of targets too but I just think teams now are going to be able to adjust they've seen the the up-tempo attack the 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 no huddle that was running there with with Allen and great job by Brian Dable and really Ken Dorsey coming over and being a quarterbacks coach there and it's such a jump I think of all the quarterbacks that we've seen the last couple years and the expectations coming on with Josh Allen I I think folks are ready to almost start throwing in the towel on him and what Mm -hmm. a jump from the year previous to what we saw out of him last year, but now teams have that opportunity to adjust and they're not going to be caught off guard with those empty sets and, and that up-tempo attack and be able to prepare better here and, and be able to, to start working with Diggs because Dig, Diggs is such a tremendous receiver. Yeah. What a fantastic season he had for the Bills last year. But yeah, between the two, as far as numbers concerned, I like Jefferson better. Hey, me too. Justin Jefferson averaged 15.9 yards per reception. Let's round that up. 16 yards uh, per catch as a rookie. No offseason, no OTAs. I mean, that's incredible. See, uh, plus 850 uh, in agreement right there. Allen Robinson, these are longer shots, uh, 20 to 1, primarily because of quarterbacks here. Uh, Or Michael Thomas, 20 to 1, to have the most receiving yards in the league this year. 
it all starts with the quarterback. Uh, this mm-hmm. is who, what is the quarterback situation going to look like for both teams? First, let's just talk about the Bears and Allen Robinson. Now, I really like Robinson. He he's been toiling around there, dealing with all the drama that was going on at the quarterback position. No ability to throw the ball downfield consistently. Utilize his skill set, especially where he's great. Be- he's great between the numbers at all three levels on the field. Uh, he's a spe- he's a special player and a right. great receiver, but. You know, Mitch was not Mitch was not getting the football consistently. He was uh, <laughs> running around getting buried. So what does that look like at the quarterback position this year? I mean, if we're going to look between these two receivers, I would say I would give me Allen Robinson if it's going to be Justin Fields. And I know Pritchett's a rookie going forward, but what is Andy Dalton going to do to sling the ball down the field? Is this going to be uh, uh, an opportunity for Dalton to start early and then give it up? You know, hand the football over. I don't know what. I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know why Chicago isn't just clearly saying we moved up for fields there's a reason we wanted to get him he is the face of our franchise here going forward Mm -hmm. at the quarterback position for the next decade and we get to see him come week one I know I'm right there with you like what are you what are you messing around with uh in terms of naming Andy Dalton I mean when you trade up uh twice now recently uh to draft two quarterbacks it didn't work out with Trubisky now it should work out with Justin Fields I tell you what uh, I'll take a look at 20 to 1 for Allen Robinson if Justin Fields is week one starter because that guy can launch it. You know, I, he's got a, he's a big, strong quarterback, uh, whether weather concerns or not. You got weapons like this, Allen Robinson. I mean, have Justin Fields go out there and, and be your starter week one. Don't mess around with Andy Dalton. So I'd take another look uh, at him at 20 to 1. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a long shot again. I mean, uh, it's the Bears. It's that offense. But it's Justin Fields, the guy that can uh, throw that ball vertically down the field. And if you're going to try to compare him to what is that going to look like versus Michael Thomas, right. another special talent too. But I, I, is it going to be – I suspect it would be Jameis Winston, right, mm-hmm. to start week one and get the bulk of the steps. We know we're going to see Taysom Hill. It's going to happen. We're going to see plenty of packages for him as he, if he's not the game day starter each and every week. But then if it's Winston, can we trust him? That Yeah, Thomas is a great talent and can run all those routes, but do we trust Winston to throw the ball to him or throw it to the other side? Because I feel like that's what we've seen yeah. is too many, too many balls going to the other team and not to his own teammates there. And, you know, now that that off that off, I like the offensive line with New Orleans, but not nearly as talented uh, at the wideout position and probably a lot more Kamara seeing Alvin Kamara going this year. I hear you. I I think Michael Thomas is about to get exposed, James. He had Drew Brees. I mean, now you're going to go to James Winston. So uh, we'll see what type of receiver Michael Thomas is going forward. Uh, Coming up on the next uh, on the show on the next segment here, uh, we're going to get to the NBA Uh, game five. Look forward to that situation. Series tied 2-2 Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns is next. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? 
backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Bet without fear on your favorite sports with a risk-free first bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Just use bonus code VSEN600 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use promo code VSEN600 to make that first bet risk-free up to $600. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan. New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Washington, D.C., Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 800-522-4700. Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. And Tennessee, call or text the red line, 800-889-9789. In Indiana, it's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, your host with you today. Breaking news, uh, according to Ken Rosenthal. you got to wait another day for the start of the second half of Major League Baseball. Uh, Red Sox, Yankees uh, postponed because of COVID. 
COVID. Well, clearly we're not out of it yet, right? So no. we've got a health and safety health and safety standpoint. Yeah, I still gotta be still gotta be mindful of it, obviously. And the fact that it would postpone a game, uh, well, I guess I, I'm here in Denver. I'm thinking of a, a certain football team here that probably would have liked to have had a game postponed, considering some of the players <laughs> that were affected, namely the quarterback position. And we'll throw out there a former running back, a receiver the, to play quarterback. But yeah, hopefully it's it's nothing too serious. But just interesting that we're going to have a game canceled now for both teams when we've seen it before where you, you play with what you got, but hopefully it's not too big of some kind of outbreak or what the deal is. But now coming back from whether it's vacations for, for folks that didn't go to the All-Star game or folks that were at the All-Star game and a lot of travel involved, I think uh, hopefully this is the mm-hmm. hopefully this is the the exception when we start the second half of Major League Baseball season, Pritch, and not the norm. Yeah, you know, hopefully it just starts and uh, stops right here, you know, because there's yeah. so many other players, uh, okay, you're going to your respective teams for the second half of the season, so uh, keep monitoring uh, that right there. So getting to game five uh, and the NBA returns back to Phoenix. We're tied 2-2. James, uh, those key numbers, we, we see the, the spread four and a half, five, those key numbers. Don't know what we're going to do yet, uh, certainly as we you know, try to produce a strategy here. I don't know where to go with spreads now. I mean, it's minus four and a half out here, uh, I believe, right now in Vegas. Uh, so looking at the numbers, James, I mean, what do you do uh, with this game? Looking forward to game five, the situation which you've seen has been revealed so far between these two teams as well. I think it depends on where are you at. Do you have any other bets on this series or not? And how are you looking are you, for somebody like me who does? Uh, what would I do going forward? I probably won't be playing game five. You know, I stand with Suns and six and seven plus 450. So I'm good where I'm at. But if you're not and you don't have a position somewhere invested in the series, I think we've seen now with whether it's four. I see a lot of fours out here. Four, it's yeah. four and a half too in Colorado. But but for the most part, I think it, it, that's where the market is settled for both sides. Now that Giannis and I think that was the big question mark obviously to come in for game one or and or was he going to be available for game one last week and clearly was and didn't see quite the same performance out of Giannis not quite as aggressive offensively definitely nothing close to what we saw in game two and in particular game three where he was incredibly aggressive but I think here for for this point spread sitting at four I think the market is settled folks know that's all right that's where we stand for both sides going back home as long as everybody is healthy and now it just comes down to kind of again handicapping the coaches Pritch somewhat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thinking about the roster of the team. We talked about it before with the Suns and a young roster aside from Chris Paul and then the veteran uh, the veteran that is out there with Chris Paul and his leadership, but also, you know, the, the amount of work that the Milwaukee Bucks defensively put on him, picking him up full court each and every possession on any made basket or any ball taken out on a dead ball situation underneath their own rim. A lot of pressure on Paul, and we saw him wear down. We've seen him start to wear down. I, I in the last three games, 15 collective turnovers and some bad turnovers last night, especially late in the game. Crunch time slipped, falling. I think fatigue is settling in because of the defensive adjustment that the Bucks have made to pick him up full court. Now, what are the other side going to do? What are the Suns going to do to kind of help alleviate Chris Paul so he doesn't have to facilitate each and every possession? I think we're going to see more and more of Devin Burker not only facilitating the half court, 
getting him the ball, more ISO plays, that type of thing, some ball screens potentially too. But I think we might start to see Booker bring the ball up on occasion so it's not just consistently Chris Paul having to shoulder the load from a physical standpoint. Okay, early uh, total 218.5 right now too. Now, uh, over betters are probably going to jump on that, I would imagine, um, James. But I think this this series has shifted from a style of play, like what you just uh, alluded to. Uh, For instance, Giannis, even with these extra days off, uh, he looked labored out there. He looked like he was tired, fatigued. You mentioned that. Uh, your legs, you start to play the game, the adrenaline. I mean, you had this longer layoff. I wonder if the longer layoff is is causing these guys to get fatigued. You would think it would be the opposite of that. They would be more fresh or fresher out there on the floor and uh, be able to shoot better. I think it's the, it's not so much the layout. I think it's just the extension. Now we're in the finals. Now we're going to game five. Mm-hmm. These are high-level games, so it's not yeah. just looking at the minutes. And they're playing a lot of minutes, right? Giannis played 43 minutes. Middleton played 43 minutes last night. Holiday, the same. Same thing on the Suns roster. Not quite as many for Booker because he had to sit a lot of the fourth quarter due to foul trouble. But it's the not only the minutes played on the floor, but the intensity of the minutes, the, the exhaustion of the minutes, thinking about every possession facility through whether it's through Giannis or Chris Paul, Devin Booker, the star players are the ones that on both ends of the floor, you think about Giannis too. It's not just, all right, let's we're running five out, get out of his way. He's putting his head down and, and driving hard to the rim. It's He's having a bang on the defensive side. He's banging out there with eight, and we, we've seen less and less minutes, only three. 19 minutes for Brooke Lopez last night going with a more athletic lineup to try to combat those ball screens that the Phoenix Suns run with Chris Paul in the middle of the court there. And I think that just puts more pressure on Giannis to play the five and expending more energy defensively, banging with Aiton, stepping over to stop driving lanes. You saw the sensational block that he had last night late in the game. Yeah. Having to be cautious of that, that takes a lot of effort and energy. These are high-level games. It's You're playing for the championship here, and it's a different exhaustion because think about the exhaustion, Prince. You know you've played in huge games. Mm-hmm. You have that adrenaline, but what happens when that adren- adrenaline cl- crashes? Eventually, you're just going to get, and you're back to playing ball, but it's so high-level. When that adrenaline starts to crash and you get on the other side trying to find that second win, I think some of these players, it takes it's taken him a little while longer to find that second win, in particular for Giannis. And clearly, his his knee's still not 100% healthy. Right. Yeah. And then the grind, too. Uh, James, we're, we're approaching midpoint of July. Uh, and, and, you know, the calendar, the body calendar is speaking to you loudly uh, right now, too. So you're seeing a little bit of that. That's why I favor that uh, seven-game situation. I mean, it's minus 125 for this uh, series to go seven games. I think it does. Yeah. That's, it was really, to me, I didn't get involved in the series right until before game three because I wanted to see Giannis and I okay. wanted to see was he available. Then from there, how ava- what it was the, the you know, how was he going to respond after the game one performance? How was his knee going to hold up? Mm-hmm. Looked great in game two. Okay, I'm ready to get involved and go the route that I'm going here. But yeah, the grind, your body clock here, it's July, the grind of the season, the grind of the playoffs, all the pressure that comes with it. And the, you talk about the intensity of the moment, how that flows through and right. the exhaustion that comes with that yeah and I think that impacts definitely impact it's going to have an impact on these totals we saw it last night as far as the shooting performance was concerned for both teams they're still getting open looks there were a few shots that were forced obviously but you're talking about collectively where they shot the basketball 14 out of 52 from three-point range not only with fatigue starting to set in with the amount of effort and energy having to be expended throughout the playoffs now in the finals too mm-hmm. but then the pressure of the moment and 
young players, Pritch, that haven't been here before. <laughs> Where's right. the championship experience on these teams who have been there and done that and know where to, to dig down into that tank and can – dig into the confidence. I well, think that's old players the too, too. Because of Chris Paul. Yeah, He's yeah, never been totally. here before. Exactly right. So not only the, the all-star players and the leaders of the, both of these teams, uh, but also the, the, the young players and the youth mm -hmm. that's out there, not only with the inexperience, but the youth that's out there now expected to have to step up and make big shots from the starters and the role players here. I think confidence will continue to be an issue here. We've, we saw it. Mikel Bridges, awesome at home. Game one, in particular, game two, did we, did we have a, a sighting for Mikhail Bridges in the last two games on the road? <laughs> Definitely nothing in, in the second game yesterday, game four in Milwaukee. 26 minutes, took four attempts from the floor, that's all. Yeah, and then bench points too. I mean, they do favor the Suns, but yet uh, my theory is that this has shifted to more of a defensive series. Uh, more energy spent on that side of the court too. So even though the Suns uh, will outscore the bench for uh, the Bucks, the Bucks kind of neutralize that with their defense. I agree, and I think here, not for the defense being going smaller, getting Lopez off the floor, so he's not such a such a liability in the drop coverage or having to be out there and play and play defense in space. Right. Uh, but I think the other piece too is you're going to have to value the possession more and more. Every possession you've, through the course of 48 minutes now with so much on the line, series tied 2-2. This can go either way. Guys aren't going to be just. It's not going to be a run and gun affair. Zero. There were no transition fast break points for the Suns last night because they weren't creating any turnovers. Defense creates offense. Didn't get any of that. We saw a really clean game out of the Bucks from an offensive standpoint. Look at the turnovers. They had five turnovers collective mm -hmm. through 48 minutes. That is great efficiency with the basketball compared to the other side. 17 turnovers for the Suns that led to runouts. Uh, you're going to get easy baskets. They got 15 points in transition out of those out of those turnovers. And I think here the other piece too is. Yeah, valuing the basketball. You're going to run deeper sets. You're not going to be as quick to one pass and shoot it. More isolated basketball. I think as far as the side is concerned, that's the struggle. But the total, I think now that market is starting to regress back, sitting yeah. at 217, 218, I'd be looking to continue to go to the under as this series progresses. All right, we'll have another day to go over every situation from the NBA Finals. Any betting angle we can find, certainly. Uh, I would say good luck, but there's nothing to bet on. I don't have a bet tonight. <laughs> it's all good, Pritch. Take a rest from it. Sometimes we need a break from yeah. it. So enjoy your evening with no action going. That's fine with me. I will do that. You do the same. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Take care. James Lee. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you.